Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Gwinnett Church. <laughs> sit down, Matt, sit down. <clears throat> How are we doing? Y'all good? Yeah? Cool, awesome. Well, hey, uh, like Reed mentioned, my name is Bryce, and I get to lead the charge with our high school ministry inside out. I'm excited to be here for a couple of reasons. I'm excited to see what it's like to preach to a group of people who um, don't constantly make like fake fart noises and then snicker to each other. Uh, if you do that this morning, I'm gonna call you out. Um, yeah, but I'm also excited uh, to share what God has put on my heart. Um, and, and one of the things about being the high school pastor is uh, I feel like there's like this, this thing about being a high school pastor. And if you, if you served in high school ministry, if, if you work with high school students, you know this to be true. I, I feel like I've got to work really hard in order to like stay relevant to the next generation. Like I feel like I've got to work really hard in a couple areas to make sure that I'm staying relevant with our high school students so they don't just think I'm some like old guy up there, you know, talking to them about about the things that are going on. And, and so I feel like I gotta stay uh, relevant and up to date in, in the area of social media. You know, I feel like there's a new like social media platform, like literally every second of the day. Uh, I feel like I gotta keep up with the social media influencers and what they're doing. I gotta keep up with TikTok. Some of you are like, what's a TikTok? Uh, we can talk about it later. Um, but so, so I feel like I gotta, I gotta keep up to date and, and stay relevant when it comes to Social media, I feel like I've, I've got to stay relevant and up to date on like the trends, the trends that our high school students are participating in, what's fun, what's, what's not fun, what do they enjoy, what do they not enjoy. Another area, and this one is super important, and if you're a parent of a high school student, you know this, um, I got to stay up to date on their lingo. It's true. Like they text just letters now. It's not even words. And they're like messaging me, and I'm like, what does this mean, you know? And so I feel like I've got to stay up to date on my lingo. In fact, I was, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I was preaching over at Inside Out and I get done and, and I hop off the stage and a student walks up to me and he goes, hey, you know that thing that you said in your message? Do, do you know what that means on Urban Dictionary? And I was like, no, I don't even, I don't frequent the Urban Dictionary, you know? That's not a resource that I use for my life. And, and so I feel like I've got to stay up to date when it comes to, to lingo for high school students. Nothing will make you seem old to students if you're just like talking like an old timer, okay? So I've got to stay up to date on that. But, but another area that, that I actually enjoy, that, that I think is fun to stay up to date on is, is when it comes to fashion. Like the trends of fashion are constantly changing. Did you know that like skinny jeans with holes in them are no longer cool? I found that out a couple years ago, okay? And uh, I feel like now, uh, it used to be like you had to wear shorts if you were a guy like that went down to your knees and now it looks like the men shop at the women's section of Lululemon. And I'm like, are those even shorts? You know, I'm like walking around North Gwinnett High School going to FCA and I'm like, fingertip rule for the boy? What are we doing, you know? <laughs> and uh, an area of fashion that honestly I love that, that I love like looking at and getting into is, is shoes. I feel like the shoe culture of, of high school students is just continuing to grow. And, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm hashtag born on a budget. So it's not like I can just afford all of the shoes, but, but I love to like scroll on the, on the apps and, and look at the shoes. And, and honestly, you know, this is it's just a fact. The best brand of shoes out there is Nike. Yes, heard it right off the top. If you're like, nope, I love my hey dudes. I'm like, nah. Um, 
It's Nike. It is. It's a fact. It's just out there. That's what it is. And so I love Nike shoes. I love getting Nike shoes and my wife lets me spend a little money, you know, and, and so I love Nike's, their, their fashion. I love their lifestyle stuff. I love their, their basketball shoes. I love a lot of things about Nike, but, but one of the areas that, that honestly, Nike does a great job, I think, and an area where they inspire me, where they, where they challenge me that, that I love to see is, is when it comes to their, honestly, their marketing and their advertisement. They are geniuses at selling their product and honestly making you feel guilty, right? Uh, yeah, like they, they, they're great with, with their one-liners. They're great with their advertising and their marketing. I mean, who remembers I wanna be like Mike? Yes, like I wanna be like Mike too. You know, I gotta get tiptoeing in my Jordans. Uh, yeah, I mean, even... If you just like take their, their just like main slogan and phrase, just do it. It's awesome. It's short. It's, it's three words that, that'll kick you in the teeth and just, just do it, you know? And, and so I love Nike's marketing and, and their phrasing and, and the way that they sell their products. It's, it's honestly inspiring. It's awesome to read and look at. And, and I'll never forget, I was flipping through a soccer magazine in, in my home when I was in 10th grade and, and an ad like just jumped off the, the page to me. And I remember reading it and being like, I'm lazy. I, 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 gotta, I need to go run a 5K right now. I like read it and it just like spoke to me. And it was this right here. It said, yesterday, you said tomorrow. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. And I read this and I was like, oh, like that cuts deep, you know? I read it and, and I think the reason why it like spoke to me so much is because it spoke to, to my potential, to have really great intentions, but to not have the corresponding actions. To have amazing intentions to, to do some things in life, but, but to not always have the corresponding and, and the actions to completely plan to, but never get around to. To intend to, but not follow through. And so I think this ad, it like spoke to me because it, it speaks to the human struggle between these two words, intentions versus actions. Intentions versus actions. I mean, how many of you would also say, if you were honest with yourself, that you struggle closing the gap between your intentions and your actions? You've got great intentions to do all of these amazing things, but then when it comes to, to the following and corresponding actions to those intentions, the, the gap is, is pretty large. And, and you completely intend to, but we don't follow through. And you plan to, but, but you don't get around to. I mean, it, it could be things as simple as doing the dishes, yeah? I'm like constant conversation in our house. Hey, can you do the dishes? Yeah, I'll do them. When? Um, tomorrow, you know? You wake up the next day and you're like, oh, mountain of dishes, she's gonna be mad, you know? It's like, uh, hey, can you take out the trash? Tomorrow's trash day. And I'm like, exactly, tomorrow is trash day, yeah? And then I'm like pulling out of the driveway to go to work and it's like the red oak truck is driving by and I'm running just trying to throw my garbage in the truck, you know? <clears throat> or maybe an area where you feel like your intentions and your actions don't, don't meet is when it comes to like planning a date night with your spouse. Some of you just got an elbow. It's like, I completely intend to, but you know, I haven't, I haven't gotten around to. Maybe it's, it's with your finances and like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set a budget, I mean to, but, but it ends up getting pushed off to tomorrow. Like, oh, I'm gonna call them back, when? Tomorrow. You know, I'm gonna go have that conversation, when? Tomorrow. And for those of us, if, if you're like me, if you're a procrastinator, this is really hard for us, right? I'm like the worst procrastinator ever. The gap between, if I'm not careful, 
And if you're not careful, if, if you would consider yourself a procrastinator, the, the gap between your intentions and your actions can just continue to widen. But honestly, praise be to Jesus that he gave me a type A woman who gets stuff done, y'all. And maybe that's you, maybe, maybe that's you. And you've got a checklist and, and you read it and then you check it again and again and again and you make sure that things get done and, and your gap between your intentions and your actions is smaller. But we're not all perfect humans. And so there are going to be some, some areas of our life, some things in our life where we have got amazing intentions, but they are not followed up with the corresponding actions. We plan to, but we don't get around to. And when our intentions are not met with, with actions, they just continue to live in the realm of wishful thinking. And we're like, oh, we'll, we'll do it later. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Like I'll finally get around to that when, they, when the kids are out of the house. I'll, I'll finally get to that when, when I've got some more margin on my calendar. Oh yeah, yeah I'll, I'll make sure that that I get that done when the kids' sports season is over. I'm gonna get to it, but, but that's gotta come first. I'll do it when, when I get that promotion. I'll do it when, when that job finally like works out. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I've got more time, more, more money, and more freedom. And now, now hear me, I also understand that there are some things and some circumstances in life that do have to wait. Like, sure, you may have to wait for the, the check to clear. You may have to wait for that job to line up. But for, for all of us, there are some things in our life that, that we know we should be doing, some intentions that have not moved their way to action, some plans that, that we have not followed through on that we should be following through on. And so, so what do we call things in life, our intentions that aren't met by action, a, a plan that hasn't been followed through on? We, we call those things regrets. And I know in life, like there's a couple of different categories of regrets. There are things that we know we shouldn't have done, but we did. That's regret. I've got a lot of those and maybe you would say you do as well, but then there's also this, this other category of regret. It's things that we know we should have done, but we didn't and we waited and we put it off. And that's regret too. And y'all, I don't want a long list of regrets when I end my life. A lot of things that when I look back on my life, I know I should have done, but I didn't. And y'all, it's, it's one thing when, when it's doing the dishes and taking out the trash, but it's another when it comes to your physical health. It's, it's another thing when it, when it comes to prioritizing your relationship with with your kids. It's one thing when it's, when it's dishes and trash, it's another thing when it's your marriage, when it's your relationship with your neighbors and, and your coworkers. It's another thing when, when it comes to being wise with your finances. It's, it's another thing when it, when it comes to your mental health. It's another thing when it's your, when it's your faith and when it's your soul. And these plans without follow through, these intentions without actions, y'all, they can have a profound impact on my life and your life. And, and I don't know about you, but I would imagine that just like me, you don't want a long list of regrets in your life when you get to the end of your life and you are looking back. I don't want a long list of things that I know I should have done, but I didn't. But I didn't. 
I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. And luckily, neither does your heavenly father. And y'all, a couple months ago, some, some friends of mine, we wake up every single day and we read the Bible. And this is just super secret honesty, like confession time as a pastor. Um, I had not read the Bible from cover to cover. I'd read all the books in the Bible, but I hadn't read it from Genesis to Revelation. And, and we decided to do that and it took entirely too long, but we did it. <clears throat> and a couple months ago, I read something in, in the book of James that spoke to this gap between our intentions and our actions, our plans without follow through. James gives some instruction to these people that he's writing to that, that I wanna share with you. Now, now James is, is Jesus's brother. Tough gig, yeah? And like Jesus shows up to a wedding and turns water into wine. This isn't in the Bible, but I just imagine this. Turns water into wine and then at the next wedding, Jesus isn't there. They run out of wine and everybody's looking at James like, what you gonna do, you know? <laughs> and so James is, this, this, this letter that he writes is, is to these Christians, these believers who, because of being persecuted, the, the churches knew it, it had just started. And, and so that these Christians are being persecuted because what they believe and the way that they are living. And, and James is writing to these believers who, who are scattered to encourage them in their faith, to encourage them to keep going, to continue to live this Jesus type of life, the way of Jesus. And then in, in James chapter four, where we are gonna be this morning, he's, he's talking to this group of people who have plans. They have plans about what they are going to do one day and James wants to talk to them about today. And so James starts in, in James chapter four, verses 13 is where we're gonna start this morning. He, he says this, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business and make money. So James is, is talking to these people who they've got plans. They got plans for their finances. They've got plans for their business. They've got plans for their life and maybe even for their family's life. And, and James knows this about them and he's about to call them out. He's not gonna call them out because they have plans. He's gonna call them out because in making their plans, they are assuming control. They're assuming control of their plans. They are, they are assuming certainty of their life. They are assuming that they know what will happen tomorrow. They assume in their plans and in their making of their plans that they know what lies ahead. And you know, like I've already said, we, we do this too. We plan our lives as if we know what is going to happen tomorrow, as if we have control, as if tomorrow is certain. I mean, yeah, we do this in our life and in our budgets and with our money, money and in our relationships and with our job and our career, but we also do it when it comes to our faith and, and reading the Bible and, and spending time with our heavenly father and and serving the local church. We do this, we, we make plans as if we have control, as if tomorrow is certain. And James is, is about to, to call them out right here. And he, he continues on in, in James chapter four, verses 14 and says, why? Why do you plan that way? You, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. So he's speaking to these people who like have all of these plans for tomorrow as if they have control, as if tomorrow is certain. And he goes, why? You don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow. 
Y'all wanna know what I think one of the problems with our intentions is? One of the problems with our plans is that we assume tomorrow. We assume that we know what will happen tomorrow. We assume that we know what tomorrow will bring. We assume that we know what's on the other side of today. And and James is calling these, these Christians out who are making these plans as if they know. He's going, you don't know. You have no idea what tomorrow will bring. James here is is trying to get across the uncertainty of life. That life is uncertain. We have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow, what tomorrow will bring. And come on, church, you, you know this to be true. You know that we have no idea because I can imagine that that there are some of you out here this morning who you have made plans for your life, assuming tomorrow, assuming that you know what is going to come. Planning as if you have control and then you get that unexpected phone call. It came out of the blue. You had no idea that that was going on, but, but as you've been planning, like you know what's coming tomorrow, you get that phone call or you get that that unexpected diagnosis and nobody else in your family has that but you do. And all of a sudden your plans for tomorrow that you thought were certain, that you thought you were in control of, now it's not promised. You know this. Some of you have had to sit around the table with your family and have a conversation about how the trajectory of your family is going to look different tomorrow. You know this, you've... You've experienced this in your life. That sometimes in life, you're gonna run into some detours, some delays in life. And and James is speaking to these people. And I think he would say to you, hey, those of you who are planning your life like you have control, like tomorrow is certain. You have no idea what's in store for tomorrow. You have no idea. And then James, he continues on and he he asks this question and then he makes a statement in response to it. And I love it. He just simply says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes, ouch. He starts by going like, what is your life? In the context of like, you don't know how much time you have left. You don't know the span of the remainder of your life. You don't know the twists and turns that your life is going to take. What is your life? He goes, I know what your life is. Your life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's kind of like this. I was thinking about this. Spray bottle. He's going like, you want to know what your, your life is? Those of you who are planning as if you have control, as if tomorrow is promised, it's, it's that. That's your life. Smells good. (laughs) It's short. It's brief. It's here. And then it's gone. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. James starts by illustrating the uncertainty of life. And then he speaks to the brevity of life. That life is, is short. It's like a vapor. It's here one minute and then gone the next short. It's a mist. And again, some of you know this all too well. Some of you do. That life is short, that, that it's brief. 
If you're a parent in the room, I would imagine that you know this. I'm, I'm a dad of a, of a four-month-old and a two-year-old, and it feels like literally just yesterday, I was wheeling my wife Ansley out of the hospital with my son Cooper going, we feed this thing, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know, how, what do you do? How do you hold this, this little thing, you know? And literally now he's like making his own Eggo waffles and smoothies in the morning. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? <clears throat> Some of you are like, you let him that close to the toaster? I do, okay, sue me. Uh, <laughs> but I remember I remember being like a 16 year old and sitting with my parents and them just talking about how life is short and how it's brief. And as a dumb 16 year old, I was like, no, it's, I got all the time in the world. Like, this is amazing. And, and I remember my parents going like, I want you to be home for, for family dinner. I want you to be home for family night. And going, like, Why is that important? It's because they knew that, that life is short, that it's brief, that life is, is that. And y'all, now, now that I'm a parent, I, I understand this. I see it. And whether you're a parent or not, I would assume that you do too. I mean, y'all, it's literally already the middle of September. What is going on, you know? So, pew, this year is crazy. <clears throat> and so this, this isn't even necessarily a Christian thing. I know James talks about it in scripture, but this is just like maybe even a re- reality check for you and for me. And y'all, I remember coming face to face with this a couple years ago. A couple of friends of mine who were about my age, they tragically passed away. And I remember sitting on the doorstep of some friends thinking, man, life is short. It's brief. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. Life is a mist. It's a vapor. And so if, if we would take to heart that life is uncertain, that it's brief, that it's a miss, that it's here one day and gone the next, I'm telling you, it would change the way that we live. It would change the way that we prioritize things in our life. It would change the way that we would treat others if we would see life as uncertain, but then also know that our life is brief, that it's short, that it's missed, that it's here one day and gone the next. We would live differently. And y'all, the question as I've been processing through this this message and this this passage of scripture, if life is uncertain and if it's brief, this question has just been rattling around in my head that I've been processing through and thinking through that I wanna pose to all of us this morning. If life is uncertain, if it's brief, if our life is amiss, the question I want to ask you is, is this right here. How do we make the most of our mist? How do we make the most of this mist of a life? How do we maximize our mist with as few regrets as possible, with as few intentions that have not yielded actions or led to actions, with as few things that we plan to do, but then we didn't follow through? How do you and I make the most of our mist, this uncertain and this brief life that you and I have? How do we make the most of it? I think James, he actually answers this as he continues on in this passage in James chapter 40. He gives us two things, two ways that that you and I can make the most of our mist to maximize our brief time here on this earth. He continues on and he said, instead, instead of living the way and, and planning your life the way that you have been, assuming control and certainty, instead, 
You ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, as you are currently planning your life right now, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So James goes, hey, as it is, as you are living and planning and walking through your life, he goes, if you're doing it with assuming control, assuming certainty, assuming that you know what is going to come, he calls it evil, as in wrong, as in like not the right way to live. If you were walking through life as he's writing to these people, as you were walking through life, assuming control, assuming certainty, going, I got this. I don't need to factor in God to, to my plans and my life. Like, I got this. He's going, that's, that's evil. And maybe some of you, you don't consciously go, I don't need God. I just need me and my plans. But, but the way that you are walking and doing life is communicating that, is living that way. He goes, it's evil. As you continue to live that way, you're just gonna continue to stack up the list of regrets of things that you know you should have done, but you didn't do. You're gonna continue to have a list of a bunch of woulda, coulda, shouldas. And so he goes, instead of living this way, when you approach your plans, when you approach your life, when you approach your intentions that lead to actions, you should change your posture to Lord willing. God, if, if this is your will, it's what I wanna walk in. If this is your way, it's gonna be my way. If this is what you want, God, it is what I want. And so James is, is going, hey, you wanna make the most of your mist? Your brief and uncertain time here? The, the first thing you've gotta do is you've gotta hold your plans with open hands. You and I, if, if we wanna make the most of our mist, we have got to hold our plans with open hands. That's, that's going, I'm not gonna to assume tomorrow. I'm not going to assume tomorrow's health. I'm not going to assume tomorrow's finances. I'm going to walk in my plans and walk in my life, holding my plans with open hands. And you know, as, as you hold your plans with open hands, as you walk through life with your hands open, it invites God in. It's a posture of going, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. I wanna participate in advancing your kingdom, not my kingdom. As you walk with your hands open, it's allowing you an opportunity to trust God with your life going, God, I know that your intentions for my life and your plans for my life are better than my intentions and my plans for my life. So James is, He's going, hey, those of you who would say that, that you want control of your life, that you're planning with, with certainty, if you wanna make the most of your life, you've gotta start by holding your plans with, with open hands and trusting God with your plans, where he is going to lead and what he's going to call you to do. And now hear me, I'm not saying that like having and making plans is a bad thing, it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But I think what, what James would say is he would say, if you are white knuckling your way through life, holding and grasping onto your plans, your way, when you want it, how you want it, then that's evil. He goes, but, but there's a different way to live. You, you can hold your plans with open hands and go, God, if it's what you want, it's what I want. I'm holding these plans for my life with open hands. 
Going, God, if, if this is what you want, allow it to be, Lord willing. But if it's not, would you take my plans out of my hands and show me what you want me to do? So he, first, he's like, make the most of your miss by holding your plans with, with open hands and walking in my will, in my way, not yours. And then he, he continues on and he finishes this passage of scripture by saying, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. If anyone knows the good they ought to do but doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So he starts by talking about holding your plans with open hands and then he goes to, hey, if there are some things that you know you should be doing but you're not, you should just do it. Do it now. And I wanna address this, this like word sin that a lot of times like can have this like, oh, sin, you know, he said it. Uh, sin is just basically missing the mark. Sin is sin because it could hurt you, it could hurt others. And so sin is just missing the mark for like the, the, the life that God has called you and created you to walk in. So James is, is writing to these people and I think he would say to us like, hey, if, if there are some things that you know you should be doing, some good things that you know you should be participating in, but you're not, it's missing the mark. You are missing the mark on the, on the person that God has created you to be. Like, if there's some good that you know, if there's some good that you feel like God has laid on your heart that you should be doing and you're not, it's missing the mark. So, so James starts and he's like, you make the most of your miss by holding your plans with open hands. And, and the second thing I think he would say is, is you just do the good you know you should. You start by holding your plans like this and then you just do the good you know you should. As, as it is in your power, do it now. As it is in your ability, do it now. Don't wait. And the amazing thing about, about doing the good that you know you should is you feel like God is leading you as you have your hands open to the plans of your life. You will participate in eternal things. The things that you are doing with your life will have eternal value you will participate in some things that will last, some things that will truly matter. As you hold your plans like this and you just do the good that you know you should and you don't wait and you do it now and you don't put it off to tomorrow so that yesterday you said tomorrow. So I don't, I don't know what that is for all of you in the room. But I would imagine that there are some things that you know you should be doing that you're not. And, and maybe for some of you, it's, it's, like, it's actually like your physical fitness journey and, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll get to that and, and I'll get to it later. No, 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 don't wait, do it now. For those of you, it's like dating your spouse. I was joking about it earlier, but, but seriously. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but, but time and, and whatever and I'm gonna do it. No, 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 don't, don't wait, do it now. For those of you, it's like you, you've been wrestling with some things in your life and you have said that you were gonna go talk to somebody about it, but, but you know, there's just a million, no, 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 don't wait. Do it now. For some of you, it's, it's serving in this church and, and you've been coming and you've been participating with, with what's going on here. You've been intaking, but, but you have yet to step out and serve because you, you know, you've got this, and, but no, 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 don't wait. Do it now. For some of you, like we're gonna be talking in just a little bit about some like be rich service projects. And you could think of a million reasons why you couldn't do those. Don't wait, do it now. 
Maybe it's like automating your giving. Maybe it's actually like taking time to to get into the word of God and and joining a small group. You said that you were gonna join it the next time that the group started to form. And you're like, yeah, hey, I'll get around to that like next time. And then now it's, it's coming. You're like, no, no, I, no, 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 don't, don't wait. Do it now. Do it now. Because church, our, our life is brief. It's short. It's here today and gone tomorrow. It's uncertain. So I, I hope that you hold your plans with open hands. You just do the good that you know that you should is, As I was preparing for this message, I came across a a quote that is amazing that speaks right to this. It's by a guy named J.C. Rowland. He's this theologian and author and pastor in the 1800s. And it says this in a book called Thoughts for Young Men. He says, tomorrow is the devil's day, but today is God's. Satan does not care how spiritual your intentions are or how holy your resolutions, if only they are determined to be done tomorrow. Today, Church is God's day. The devil does not care what you do as long as you do it tomorrow. The devil does not care what your intentions are like in your life as long as you do them tomorrow. No, we've got one life. It's uncertain. It's brief. If If you wanna live a life that's got purpose, if you want a life that, participates in things that are gonna last. If you want a life like Jesus talks about that is possible, that is full, that is free, that is forever, by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit leading us, we've gotta hold our plans with open hands. And then we've just gotta simply step out and do the good that we know we should. And I believe that, that as we do that, that that life is possible for me and you, that we can experience more of life that we can get purpose and meaning out of our life as we hold our plans like this. We just do the good that we know that we should. And I'm blessed to have an amazing example of this in my own family. My grandparents are amazing people. My granddad is, was born in, in Mississippi. It's, it's where me and my family are from. And, and he grew up and, and he became like a pastor at like a really young age and and all of a sudden, he's, he's preaching at this place, and it sounds crazy, Arm, Mississippi. It's a real place. Um, he felt this call to, to the Muslim community to go and love and serve them, to give of his time to them. He didn't know what that looked like yet, but, but he, was, he was holding his plans like this. He's going, God, I know that that's a good that I should be doing, and, and, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. And my grandmother was, was born in, in a town in Alabama, and my grandmother, y'all, she, should, she shouldn't have made it. And to just prove how like Southern my family is, my great grandmother's name was Bubba, my grandmother. <clears throat> and as she was giving birth to my, my grandmother, she wasn't supposed to make it. And, and Bubba just prayed, God, if you would let this baby live, I'm committing that whatever it is that you want her to do, she can go and do. And as she's in college at Troy State, she's, she's serving and she's working with these Muslim men and all of a sudden God laid it on her heart to go and love and serve the Muslim community. And then through like family connections, they, they got together and, and they married each other. And then y'all, goodness, for 40 years, they went to go be missionaries in a place called Bangladesh. And they both, they, they held their plans like this. 
Going, God, I'm not gonna white knuckle my, like, my plans in my life. I don't wanna control them. I wanna hold my plans like this. And I know that there have been some good things that you have called me to do and, and we wanna do that. And through living through a war, through being robbed, through having a gun held to their head and told to leave, they just kept holding their plans like this. They kept doing the good that they knew that they should. And now there are hundreds of churches in the name of my grandparents. There are hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people who now believe in Jesus, who have their eternities set, who are walking in a day-to-day relationship with God because my grandparents were like, I'm gonna hold my plans like this and I'm just gonna do the good that I know I should. And y'all, not, not everybody is called to go be a missionary in a third world country. I get that. I wasn't, maybe you weren't, but I would imagine that that there are some things that God has laid on your heart, some good that you know you should, but you've been putting it off. And you have the power to do something, but you've been putting it off. So what is that for you? What is that for you? Is it, is it joining a group? Is it, is it taking time to to work on some things in your marriage, to, to grow in relationship with your kid? Is it is it signing up to serve? Is it doing a service project with, with Be Rich? Is it to, to apologize? Is it to forgive? What is it for you? I can't answer that. But I believe that, that as we walk and as we hold our plans with, with open hands, trusting God with them, and we just continue to take the next step to do the good that we know we should, a full free life is possible for you and for me. Y'all are a life is a mist. Let's make the most of it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thanks that you're good. Thanks for life. Thanks for life. We don't take it for granted. God, thank you for the wise words of James that that while life is uncertain and while it is brief, it can still have lasting meaning. God, I pray for our church, myself included, that as we try to follow you in a day-to-day relationship with you, that that we will just continue to hold our plans with open hands, trusting that you're gonna lead us and that we would just continue to do the good that we know we should. And God, as we do that, I believe that that people around us, that this county, that this city would look different because a group of people who decided that we're not going to have a stranglehold on our plans, that we're not gonna put off the good that we know we should be doing. So God, I pray for, This church, I pray for these people that we would be encouraged and challenged to do that. So help us, help us this week, help us this month, help us this year to just do the good we know we should. I pray and ask all of this in the name of Jesus, amen.